So we have been walking through uh, some messages out of Psalm 20 and Psalm 19, and so we've been calling it Psalm 2019. And we started at the end on Psalm 20, and we, we finished that, and now we're, today we're starting Psalm 19. And so we have three messages on Psalm 19 today. Next week, is uh, the focus is on the Word of God. If you read Psalm 19, you, you'd see that as Psalm 119, but we're not going through 119, we're just going through 19. So there's a few verses in the middle of Psalm 19 about the Word of God next week, and, and Pastor Matt Jansen will be with us to speak, and uh, you'll love him. He's a great, a great guy. We've had him many times in our church, and he'll be back next week to speak uh, as a guest speaker. Uh, but today, we are, uh, we are going to jump right into the, the beginning of this, and the title of this message is Glorious One. Today is, is all about the, the, the wonder of God, the wondrous majesty of our great God as seen in creation. Now, this will not be a, this won't sound like a, a, pro, a prophecy, but this is a very prophetic message because most of the people that you know outside the church, they have not been taught that there's a creator who loves them. They don't believe in that. They've never heard that. They, you know, so many people in our society, they have been taught since they were little that it just kind of happened. And, and we know better. Our God is a wonderful God, and He is the creator of all things. And your amen that could have, should have, would have happened there, it could be a prophetic amen in the heavenlies. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and He's a loving Creator. Amen. So let's turn to Psalm 19. We have it on the screen, you know, on your apps, in your paper Bibles. I use the New Living Translation because it's, uh, it's almost simple enough for me to understand. Uh, Psalm 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God, and the skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word, and their voice is never really heard, but yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. The sun bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete, eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end, and nothing can hide from his, its heat. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of the reading for today. Let's just pray right now. Lord, we honor you. We honor your word. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us that you would lead us and guide us as we walk through these, uh, these thoughts and these themes today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, a member in our church, I was just looking. He's supposed to be here today, but he's not. Uh, Bill Taves, who Bill and Louise have been out of town, and I guess they're not back yet. But uh, he is a, uh, a Ph.D. and knows a lot about creation. I actually asked him to do this next part and he says, well, I'm not sure if it's going to work out. So he gave me some information. I just want to give uh, credit to him for that. 
Um, but we just read this, these three verses about the sun. The Lord has made a home in the heavens for the sun and so forth, and nothing can hide from its heat. Um, and our, our sun is actually in as one of the stars in the Milky Way. And you can see this picture on the screen, and that, that word there, it says sun with the line. And frankly, I can't see it. I, it's, not a great, it's not a great photo for you to see anyway, but even when you look at it on, up close on a screen, you can't really, with this picture, you can't really see it because we are just this little insignificant little dot within the Milky Way galaxy, one of many hundreds of, of galaxies. And, you know, they, we, they use words like thousands and, and millions and billions. And I, I, I don't like using those words because I don't have a clue what that even looks like. But at least it's, it's, there's many, many, many other galaxies. And uh, we are part of this Milky Way galaxy. And the sun, our sun is one of the stars in there. The Milky Way is approximately 100 to 120,000 light years across. Now, light year is a long distance. It's the distance that light takes uh, to go from, uh, from one place to another in one year. And it's a, it's a long way. So it's a big place, this Milky Way, a cluster of millions and millions of stars in a spiral pattern. And um, our, our sun is right in the right place in the Milky Way for life to happen here on Earth. Uh, for the Earth to be habitable, we must be situated right where we are. Our sun is positioned far from the Milky Way's center in just the right zone, not too hot and not too cold of low radiation. If it was too close to the center of the galaxy, harmful radiation would make life on Earth impossible. Conversely, if our planet was too far out of the peri- in the periphery, not enough heavy elements would be available for the construction of habitable planets. That's what they say. Uh, so the sun, thankfully, is in the right spot in the Milky Way. And, uh, goes on, and then we have another slide that shows a bit of a diagram about our, our solar system. Now, the distance between the planets on this diagram is not accurate, but the actual sizes are proportional to the sizes. The sun is, is just over 100 times bigger than Earth. And it, it, it doesn't show it there, but actually the sun is about 93 million miles away, and it takes just under nine minutes for the light to come from the sun to the Earth. So if, if the sun exploded, we'd have nine minutes <laughs> before we died. Anyway, uh, we wouldn't know. What a thought, huh? That'd be global warming. <laughs> that would be climate change for sure. Um, most of the stars, the, the sun is just the right size for us. It's almost like a Goldilocks thing. I was wondering about if, if some of the folks from, um, from the Philippines, do you know the story of Goldilocks and the three bears? Do you, do you know that in the Philippines? Is that a story that happens in the Philippines? I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's, the gold, right, it's right in the right. It's not too, not too cold and not too hot. It's just right. Um, where am I here? Most stars are too large. They're too bright. 
They're unstable to support life. The size and age of the sun enhances the earth's hospitality. If the earth were moved just 1% closer to the sun, 1%, the bodies of water would vaporize and life would not be possible. If the earth was as much as 2% farther out, all the water would freeze, including the tropical beaches of Hawaii. Rick and Eileen, welcome home. Uh, The sun's extraordinary stable output of the energy is essential. Its mass and size are just the right for the Earth's life system. The sun's brightness and temperature, just the right temperature to provide for the Earth's extraordinary range of ecosystems. And even the color of the sun's light is tuned for the maximum benefit of photosynthesis. The wonderful it is that God created the sun and it goes just so and we know of course that the sun doesn't rise we just turn and it looks like it rose um, but the the heavens you know they the the, the the sun is just this wonderful majestic part of God's creation and it's uh, it, it's just so awesome and so when we read this um, this portion about the sun and how it bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom and rises at one end of the heavens and it warms everything. It's, it's amazing that it's just in the right place at, at, you know, at the right time. You know, if we had, as, as I understand it, the, the sun's temperature is, is changing, but not fast enough for us to be affected in our history. But uh, if it's just at the right time in the, in these, in the creation for us. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I want to spend a little more time uh, on the first part of the psalm, uh, the first part of this portion, and talk about how the heavens and the skies, they continue to speak. They make God known. They speak without a sound, but yet their message, the message of creation, has gone through the earth and their words to all the earth. And it says in the book of Hebrews that it's by faith that we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. And this, this scripture, that what we see did not come from anything that can be seen, it, it actually talks about creation. It talks about the fact that we didn't just happen. There wasn't some, the the beginning point wasn't some cosmic, uh, you know, big bang. Now, there might have been a big bang, but God created whatever was there before the big bang. So that's that's the point. It didn't just come from, it didn't just just kind of all, it wasn't just always there. Uh, The idea of creation without God, which evolutionists and other, you know, atheistic views of creation would, would suggest. Uh, the, the starting point is, is always somewhere. The starting point is either, well, there's stuff there that just started changing by itself. That's how the atheistic view of creation would be, whether it's, uh, and generally it's an evolutionary thing requiring millions of years, but it still requires a starting point. But we understand by faith that in the beginning was God, and he created the heaven and the earth. And that's how the Bible starts. And the, 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 right in the very first 
verse of the entire scripture in Genesis uh, chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And as, uh, as God's people, we believe in creation. Jesus believed in creation. King David believed in creation. Moses believed in creation. Peter, James, and John, they all believed in creation. St. Francis of Assisi and Billy Graham and Mother Teresa, they all, they all believed in creation. They believed in a special creation that God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible teaches that, it, that, that we are the result of creation. Uh, in John chapter 1, the beginning of the Gospel of John, it says that in the beginning was this entity called the Word, and it'll, it'll unfold, and actually the Word is who Jesus is. It, it, it's speaking of Jesus Christ himself. And in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's where my mind starts tilting a little bit. You know, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And as you know, there is a trinity, and, and I, I said last week, if you understand it, you better explain it to me after church, because I don't get it, how that there's three yet one, and one God yet three, and there's the Word, and who's Jesus, and then there's God, who represents really the Father, but yet Jesus Christ is the everlasting Father. So my mind just kind of goes there. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say, He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. So Jesus Christ, who became flesh and walked this planet, He was the Creator. God created everything through the Word, and as we know, He spoke things into existence. And in verse 4 of 1 John, it says, The Word gave life to everything that was created. Okay, here's your practice right now. Okay, ready? Go like this. God gave you life. If you didn't have life from God, you couldn't do what you just did because it's through God that we all have life. Amen. Now, in Romans chapter 1, it talks about creation. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Romans. And uh, we call this, what we call this in the theological world is general revelation. Now, general, uh, you probably know what, what that is, just, you know, kind of everything. General revelation. And then revelation is God letting us know about God, because without God communicating to us, He is too far above us and too awesome for us to really get it, to get anything. Anything we know from God, He taught us. Anything that you know, He taught you. Uh, even, even your faith to believe in God, your faith to believe in God is a gift from God Himself. Without that gift, you wouldn't, 
you wouldn't probably be here in this room today or listening if you're listening online because it's God that provides these things for us. And this is general revelation. Next week, we're going to be talking a little more about specific or special revelation, which is through the word, through the Bible, through the teachings that we have uh, been given to us. And of course, the ultimate special revelation, theologically speaking, is Jesus Christ himself through the incarnation being born and and living on this planet and showing the Father, showing God to us as as a man. That is the ultimate uh, of special revelation. And of course, as time goes on, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. If you've committed your life to Christ, if you've invited him into your life, you have special revelation that comes to you through your relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that's a miracle. You don't have ideas about God without a miracle because our, we're lost in sin. We're, we're, we're without hope in this world. That we are blinded without God. So here's the general revelation or part of one of the expressions of it. In Romans chapter 1, verse 19, it talks about uh, people that are not serving the Lord. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. And through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And it, it's, all about, it's all about really a, a rebellion, a, you know, a sinfulness, a, a blindedness. Without, without serving God, people, it, people don't want to acknowledge God because then they have to change their life. They don't want to change their life. They're just, they just think they're fine. And so the Bible talks about the fact that, that everyone can understand things about God, even if they haven't heard the message of Jesus Christ. And it goes on to say this in verse, uh, in verse 21. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God. And there's that rebellion thing. In verse 23, and instead of worshiping the glorious and ever-living God. So, so that is, that is our, our awesome God. He's glorious. He's, he's alive today. They don't even give him thanks. We, you know, there's a spirit of entitlement. And people don't even, they, they want to, you know, say thank you. And, you, you know, you, you train your children or your grandchildren to say thank you. And you know what they do? They say, thank you. The, the dots don't connect. They, they just think, well, everything just kind of comes to me. It's a very self-centered kind of an expression. But, you know, as part of being a, a grown-up, is that we understand that gratitude is a good thing, but mostly gratitude to God. It, it, leads us, it leads us to the ultimate gift giver, who is our Heavenly Father. And uh, instead of worshiping and serving the things uh, God himself, they, do, they, they serve and worship uh, the things that are created, which is idolatry. And, um, yeah, there it is. And they, they should worship the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. So the very first scripture in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. We're not going to, don't, don't turn there. What, what does it say? 
in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the last book of the Bible, which is called the Revelation, and it's got some crazy stuff in it that's really awesome to read, and kids, kids love it, especially my grandkids, because I make pancakes like the heavenly creatures. You know that you can do that? You just put, you just make your pancake and then just put, sprinkle uh, chocolate chips through the whole thing. And then, because in the Revelation, it talks about these creatures that are just full of eyes. So it's great. You can even make pancakes about the Revelation. But anyways, the Revelation is, is great. It's, it's, an, it's an unveiling. It's seeing into the heavenlies. And part of what's happening right now in the heavens is that there's angels and, and, and creatures and creation, and they're praising God. They don't stop day or night. And they worship around the throne of heaven, and they say, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created them, just the way you liked it, just how you... You know, God's creation. You know, God made you, God made me, and, and he looked at us, and he said, You know what? That's good. That's very good. He made creation exactly the way he wanted. And he likes wildflowers. Did you know that? Because there's wildflowers that are up in the mountains where people can't get to, and no one sees them except God. And he likes them. He likes those flowers. God has created everything the way he liked it. Now, of course, it's, it's a fallen world we live in, and it's been damaged by sin and what people have done. And it, it's just unfortunate, but yet God created all things. And that is, that is from the very beginning to the very end of the Scriptures. The Bible acknowledges and talks about God, the majesty of who God is. He is worthy to be praised. God is worthy to be praised. That's why we take the time on our Sunday services to, to start with worship. That's, that's really the way it is. And I, I, was, I was reading this chapter and these, this portion, and, and I think I'm kind of preaching to the choir here today for the most part. You know, some of you are going, well, okay, yeah, I understand. And some of you look like you're just maybe wondering, okay, so what, what does this have to do with life? And how does this change my life? And I really felt like God gave me some inspiration. And if, if you don't agree with me, that's, that's fine. I'll just submit this to you. But I think that there's some things about this message that really make a difference to us. And the Bible says in Psalm 19.4 that the message of creation has gone throughout the whole earth. And so here's, here's like the, the so what part of the message. We're almost done. Okay, just so you know. But the first thing is that environmental issues matter. And they don't just matter because of a, a moralism or because it's, it's really good for us. Because, frankly, we probably aren't going to be able to do enough to, to save the planet without God's help. Just saying. Not that we shouldn't look after the planet. I'm just saying that the environmental movement is a lot of humanism in there. But really, our envir environmental concerns are, are true and they need to be looked at from a, a context of stewardship under God. God, in, in Genesis 1.28, it says, and subdue it, look after it. You know, make sure things happen the way.
the way they need to happen. And we have a singer off state, off you know, backstage there. So it uh, looks like uh, it's going to happen. It's all going to be good. This <laughs> Jesus loves the little children. So the, the second, the second thing is, is that our our God is awesome, and you know. I was thinking about this, and you know, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I've been a Christian for 60 years. Over 60 years I've been a Christian. And I have a confession to make. When things don't go the way I like, sometimes I doubt the goodness of God. Has that ever happened to you? You don't, don't raise your hand. Don't nod. I know. I just know I'm in the right place. You know, I get those lies thrown at me just like you do. Thank you so much, Arita. I feel better already. But we don't need to just stay where we are. We need to understand that our God is awesome. And we need to look at creation and go, wait a second. There's a little more to this than than my life and my comfort and my stuff working out. Because after all, my life is a vapor. I've been alive a long time, but it, it's really nothing compared to eternity. And it's not a cop-out to think, wait a sec, I'm going to live forever. I, like, the worst that can happen is I'm going to die, maybe a horrible death, that would be the worst, but I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to heaven forever with no more tears, and no more pain, and no more late notices, and nothing, nothing bad, no more aches, no more pains. Hallelujah. Like, that's my future. That's your future. Our God is awesome. Can you please go back to that picture of the Milky Way for a second, Roseanne? You are there. We are there. Like, we are so important that life has to happen just the way we like. Because after all, we're big shots. Not. We're very insignificant in space, let alone in history, this life is a vapor. And our God is awesome. Our God is an awesome God. Now, of course, in the middle of all the stuff, and you know, we pray for you, and you've you got to pray for me. We go through things in life, and it matters. It really does matter. But not quite as much as we sometimes think. It's our God who is awesome. And then back to that other slide, if you would, please. The third thing, of course, is our God is to be worshipped. And I was thinking this morning just as I was preparing my heart, and I love to listen to worship and praise music because it really helps me. Because there's a spiritual battle that goes on sort of against our prayers, against the faith-filled words in those choruses and songs that we sing against our spiritual health. But our God is to be worshipped. In Isaiah it says, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. God made you for his glory. Oh, I thought he made me for my comfort. No, he made you and me for his glory. He is a God to be worshipped. Your life, number four, your life has meaning because God created you. You are not some cosmic accident. You are a loving creation of God. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something really corny, 
And I don't ask you to do this very often. At least I hope you don't think it's too often because I don't think it's often enough sometimes. I am a special creation of a loving God, and I am not here by accident. Now, I don't even know if I can remember that. I am a, I'm a special creation of a loving God, and I am not here by accident. Okay, just one more time. I am a special creation of a loving God, and I am not here by accident. Amen. We need to believe that. I am, let's say it one more time. I am a special creation of a loving God, and I am not here by accident. Now, some of you need to smile when you say that. Just kidding. And your life, number five, your life has purpose. Your life has purpose. There's, there's a purpose for this. There's a purpose. And it says in Ephesians, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Now, when God talks about long ago, that's actually before the beginning. God has a plan for your life, and it's, it's a good plan. It, it, it may not, you may not even, you know, you've got, you got a different plan. Well, God's plan, you know, Father... Father knows best. And our life has meaning on this planet. Again, I, I realize that I might be preaching to the choir, but your friends need you to believe this. Your friends need you to actually talk a little bit about this from time to time because they don't know anything about this. They've been taught that they came from some cosmic accident and that there's no purpose, and at the end of this world and at the end of this life, there's nothing. But you know better. But God teaches us in creation. We know. We know these things. That, yes, we need to care for the environment. We need to know that our God is awesome, and he is to be worshipped, and our lives have meaning, and our lives have purpose. That's what creation is speaking to everybody out there who will listen. Let's listen to God. Amen? Could we stand and could we sing that song, How Great Is Our God? And who's ever in the building here from the worship team, if you could try to find your way there. Now, not all the words are, are, are up. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, as we prepare our hearts right now to sing this song, this is an expression of us joining our faith to this word, receiving the word of God with faith, mixing it with our faith. Lord, that, that you are a great God, that you are awesome, that you are the creator of the world, and our lives have meaning and our lives have purpose. And we can walk with you day by day. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all we'll see how great. 
is our God. Let's sing that again. How great is our God.